0: This episode of our This Week in XR podcast is sponsored by Zapper. Zapper is one of the world's leading XR companies. Over the past 12 years, they've won numerous awards for memorable campaigns. They've democratized AR by making tools and SDKs that anyone can use. And they created Zapbox, the world's most affordable mixed reality headset. Most recently, Zapper worked with Unilever to create an enhanced QR code called Accessible QR which enables packaged goods to speak to the blind and partially sighted. If you're thinking XR, give the team at Zapper a call or visit zapper.com to see how they can help you on your XR journey.
1: So, Jake, thank you for putting me in to the... Uh, tell me the, the official name of the game. Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord. Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord. I'm looking at a poster of it right, right there. Yeah. Um, brand new game. Yep. Developed with... Uh, a company out of the U.K. called Endreams. That's right. right. Endreams developed the game. game is uh, is releasing
0: October 26th, so right in time for Halloween. Right, so we're just a week away from it, basically. Right there. Really excited about Surprise, it. I'm surprised
1: you're still awake and alive and can even do this.
0: I, I, I made a special exception to get energized for you, Ted. That's what it was. No, <laughs> okay. no. We're having a blast. We're having a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun with the team. Uh, we've been working on this one for two and a half years. Um, and, you know, what we've kind of come to is is, is a... Very accessible, social, fun, multiplayer, bust ghost with friends kind of game. Shoot them, trap them, squad up, suit up, do your missions, and it's coming out in just a couple of days, and we're super excited for people to get to play it. That's great.
1: So you're watching either the first or the second part of our This Week in XR interview. Likely what I think will happen is we went into the devices, into Quest 3s. You yep. just got your Quest 3s, and you're working with them and developing on them. Uh, and it's, multi, it's multi-VR platform, right? So yep. it runs on... Quest 2, Quest 3, PSVR, PSVR, right. PSVR 2, yeah. yep, exactly. um, and uh, what we just did is about 15 minutes of gameplay. We'll probably cut that down into something, five, six minutes of that for our listeners, uh, and then for those that want to watch it, we'll put some clips up of kind of the, some of the stuff we were looking at and some of the Twitch users that have been experimenting with the game yep. and stuff, um, but now that we're just chatting about it, let's talk about the the arc of virtual reality. What you think this game represents? Because this is a very high quality, very polished, very finished, very 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 long form game, right? I mean, and it's it's priced accordingly. It's 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 not a mini game. It's a, a premium game. game. Can you mention the uh, the retail price of it for sure?
0: Uh, so right now it's in pre-orders, so it's mm-hmm. discounted. It's about 10% off. But the base SKU pricing will be 34.99 US, and we have what's called the full containment edition. Which is basically the base game plus six months of DLC. So okay. it's four equipment skins and ten plus avatar skins and a slimer hunt mode and, and other surprises
1: that we haven't announced yet. And that is fifty four ninety nine. So if you're a fan of Ghostbusters, legitimately you want to live in that world, this will be a better value for you to if you're going to live in this game. Yeah, ex- exactly. And and you know it's a game that we're going to support after launch. This right. is a big piece of the
0: of the strategy. Is Launch the game. The game will, you know, it, it'll launch. It's fun. It's successful. Over forty, you know, forty missions right now. But we're adding much so more. Forty to missions. That's yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So different variations. Extensions. Yeah, different environments. There's an extreme mode mission, which is really, really hard. Don't start. You know, don't do that <laughs> if you're just starting. Um, and then on the Quest uh, Quest Three platforms, it's got this mixed reality game
1: called Mini Puff Maker, right? Which we want to talk about before we before we talk about that. Explain your role for our sure. listeners, what you do here at Sony. So we're on one of the storied historic lots. I work on one in Hollywood, you work on one in, in Culver City, and we get to visit each other from time to time. We both work for different movie studios, but we're friends and colleagues, and uh, we do our best to help each other achieve trajectory and, and forward progress in the world of mixed reality and virtual reality. So that's right. tell us what your role is at Sony. So
0: uh, I'm
1: Jake Zim. I
0: run Sony Pictures VR, which is the publishing arm of the Sony Pictures virtual reality business. So what we're focused on is taking the great Sony IPs that exist, Ghostbusters being a perfect example, and developing new ways to offer them to audiences in cool interactive gaming platforms
1: such as VR. And because Sony obviously has a massive success point with gaming, with PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, now, I mean, all the way back to PlayStation 1, right? You have a massive worldwide audience. Uh, I would say out of all the major studios, you are the one that's most focused as a business on interactive entertainment in the gaming world, so it makes very logical sense that you're pursuing this with gusto, but it's still a much smaller business than the console um, gaming business. Of course, it is. It's a growth business. I mean, that's
0: how we always see it, and I think the idea from a Sony corporate standpoint is this really fits into the mantra of creating great content leveraged by great technology, right? So... Amazing new technologies like virtual reality yep. can offer creators a chance to design new experiences. And when it comes to IP, what's a better way to expand IP than on interactive platforms that let you feel like you're in the world? An
1: IP that everybody really knows and has a tremendous amount of lore to it. And exactly. Like who doesn't love Ghostbusters? Who doesn't love Ghostbusters? Exactly. So let's talk about the mixed reality part of this. Okay. That. So. So I got a chance to go as as you did as well a few weeks ago. To the the MetaQuest event, the the Oculus Connect event, or the Meta yeah. Connect, whatever, meta connects, it, whatever yeah. they call it now. Right. I still can't remember what people change names and is Twitter still called Twitter? Apparently not. It's, it's yeah. X. And does anybody call that's it? That's another X? podcast, so. by the way. Yeah, it's another <laughs> podcast. Um, so so we got a chance to be there, and you were uh, fortunate enough um, to be able to demonstrate for some of the developers and some of the studio folks at the conference a. Part of this game, which is a mixed reality mini marshmallows, marshmallow men game. So tell us That's about right. that, how that came to life, and what devices it works on. Because yeah. this is obviously the, the device they're focusing on, right? Because of Absolutely.
0: mixed reality So you know, when we first got a sense from Meta that mixed reality and pass through was going to be important to them, and we're we're partners with Meta, and we're obviously partners with PlayStation. Uh, the the question was, okay, what can we do with this technology that fit into the Ghostbusters world? That layered in nicely to the game that we have been developing for you know two and a half plus years, yep. uh, and how can that be something that highlights the the features of this new headset while still being a really fun game for people to play? Right. So the the team came up with this concept of Mini Puff Mayhem. Mini Puff Mayhem. Mini Love Puff it. Mayhem. MPM. And um, the Mini Puffs, as, as you know, the, you know the state. I Puffs, got a chance to play, of it course, right? And the Mini Puffs played a big role. In, you know, big role. Uh, in in the last Ghostbusters movie, Afterlife, mm-hmm. uh, and they're you know they're a beloved set and they're of care- adorable they're adorable but they're also they're in the attitude. dangerous yeah, so they're be careful. Yeah. So in the game, the team had actually designed a mechanic where if you're you know moving through missions uh, and you see happen to see one of these Stay puff Marshmallow bags that spawn sort of randomly throughout the game on countertops and tables, and you go up and pick them up, these mini puffs will pop out of there and they'll just gum you up right. and they get into your proton wand, they get all over your hands, you gotta. You know, in in classic VR interactive, you got to extract yourself. You got to extract so yourself, or you got to extract your friends, right. because they block you from doing your mission. Um, and so the idea was to take that concept and figure out a mixed reality game that played on the idea of the minipus. And so the team came up with this really cool idea where, you know, with mixed reality, you're in your physical space. You set your
1: room, you define your 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 walls and your and your ceiling, yeah, which is a pretty quick and and relatively seamless process compared to previous attempts at it. where It was really clunky. It never worked. They have really, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. They put a tremendous amount of resources into making mixed reality use case viable yeah. in a home. Yeah. So if we were in a living room and you and I had one of these devices and you would put it on and it would actually do the work for you and it was, it would be pretty correct. Now the lighting conditions you have to be a little careful of, you know, this is kind of perfect lighting, but you have to be careful about bright windows and stuff. But for the most part, it's going to work in most of your home environments. And the amazing thing about mixed reality gaming is you get a sense of being grounded in. at the same time you're having fun. You're not kind of lost in it, which is that's, interesting.
0: That's a really interesting touch point about, I think, the future of mixed reality and why it's important to our space. Um, but from a game design standpoint, what happens is you set up your room and, and you initiate the game from the menu screen of the Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord game. So you've purchased the the Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord game, you've played it a couple of times. You go to your menu screen, and there's a bunch of little mini pup marshmallows right. in the menu screen, moving around. You click, and on this it. is in the game that you're going to buy. This, this is, is all inside the game, Rise of the Ghost Lord. Right. And then what happens is your room starts to be inundated with these floating little mini pup guys. They come Which up I saw and experienced, and it. it was phenomenal. And it seems really fun and kind of you know uh, peaceful at first. You can grab them, you can look at them, you can throw them. But over time, there becomes more and more of them. And, and I'm going to yeah, explain, it well. it, I'm going to yeah. give it away here a little bit, but I think that's okay. The roof opens, and there's what we call a mega-puff. So he's not the huge stay puff guy from the verse. So he's sort of in between. because yeah, scale like, matters. He's like right? the mama bear, not, yeah, the, there you go. not the papa bear. Right, he's not the papa bear. He's, sort of the, you know, he's the mama no, bear, right, no, exactly. No, and he's angry. And so you pull out this proton slingshot that we made in conjunction with Ghost Corp. Really cool, the, the creators of Ghost Corp. And you grab
1: a mini puff, you put them in your slingshot, and you just fire. So that becomes your ammo. And then they're f- floating all around your world, and it's a really cool experience. Like I did it in a in a conference room at Meta headquarters. Oh uh-huh, right? yeah. So, but in a home environment where you're so used to seeing your ceiling, and then the ceiling tears away, and here comes the state puff marshmallow man, like leaning into your room, is a really great experience.
0: It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So you know the point is to defeat the the big guy and use the mini puffs, and there's little ones that that, that carry little you know, projectiles that you can right. grab out of the air and, and
1: hit him in his in his eyes and yeah, his flat him. Exactly. and it's a real mechanic. You're you're pulling back with the controller, right? So yep. you're, you're using it like this and you're holding one with the other controller to, to be sort of the front of the slingshot. That's right? right, that's right. And you're kind of doing your thing. It's it's really engaging and a lot of fun. And now, as you're explaining to me, that's a part of this much, much bigger world where there's all these missions and you're moving through all these different areas to go and, and catch all these ghosts. And yep. so you're really kind of living the The movie, like you're, you're, you're experiencing what Bill Murray and friends, uh, got a chance to do that many years ago of actually catching these ghosts in these traps and, and dealing with the ecto and all that stuff. That's, that's
0: where we always start. What is the fantasy that we're trying to fulfill for the, for the, for the player? What's the fantasy of Ghostbusters that we really want to start with and how do we build that into a game? And, you know, that starts ultimately with pulling the proton wand over your doing exactly what you saw in the movie. Trapping ghosts, working as a team high-fiving, having fun, a little bit of scare but always a laugh. So the core brand elements of Ghostbusters, we wanted to make sure that was infused in. Okay.
1: So with five minutes or so, let's let's talk a little broader okay. about certainly you know our long-standing relationship yeah. and paying attention to this market, working to cultivate this market appropriately. I think you and I have a lot of common ground on this is a long road to finding different audiences and growing audiences and growing devices and we've seen you know, I think we talk about every 18 months, you kind of get uh, 18 months to two, two and a half years, you get sort of the next level of technology, right? Now we've got a device like this, completely wireless, the next-gen Qualcomm chip, full mixed reality capabilities and color, mm-hmm. and relatively And really good pass-through. Really good, good yeah. pass-through. And you're talking about, you know, even at the, the highest-end version that most people will buy, it's sub-$700, right? right? Um, so that's pretty affordable for people. Um, and do you think we're on the right track with this stuff? Do you think we're going to see more games like what you're building? Are more and more studios? You know, we work for two, two yep. studios that are involved in this and believe in it. Um, but I think people believe in it in different ways, right? So the question is, are we heading in the right direction? Because there's a lot of listeners that know you and have been tracking you from the very first VR games you built, and even before the the PS the initial PSVR was released. Yeah. Uh, and you know, just that whole trajectory. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think we're actually
0: at a point in the industry, and you've described this several times, sort of a step process. Step function, yeah. Step function. I think we're actually at a point where it's going to be a nice little, you know, the steps aren't going to be quite as fast in major, major design iterations. I think we're getting things like eye tracking. Certainly in PSVR 2, eye tracking opens up more game design opportunities, more experiential opportunities. High quality uh, pass-through opens up more collaboration, accessibility, also, game design opportunities, and I think some of those core tenets of of technology that are now imbued in these headsets are going to give our developers, who really are the core of the whole ecosystem, a chance to spend some time and catch up, actually, and even get ahead of some of the 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 functionality opportunities that we may not even know about right now. So I think you know, mixed reality as a concept, and certainly Roni knows this extremely well, yeah. was always a big idea that had a lot of you know, creative ideation around it, an opportunity. And now that we're starting to see it in relatively affordable hardware that people are going to get a chance to play with, I think we're just going to be in a space where the creative updates that we're going to see are just going to surprise and astound us. Yeah. And and ultimately that comes down to the developer community. And do they get enough time
1: with these things? Do they get enough window? Do they have enough, right. you know... And can, can they make a go at it? Can economically... Does it make you know, sense can economically? They, can they build these things and put them out into the world? And I think we're seeing more and more of that. I think you know, your commitment on the Sony side, Meta's commitment on the, the Quest side is forward-thinking, putting lots of capital in and seeing only some degree of return on that capital, right? Yeah. But the long-term belief structure is this is an important part of a gaming and a social infrastructure that's going to matter a lot you know, and continues to grow. I, I, I think Apple really kind of pushed the ball forward
0: in the conversation when they made their announcement, yep. which we'd all sort of been yeah, we've talked about it a
1: lot on the podcast. Yep, so, and yeah. you guys have had
0: some great conversations about it. I've listened, and I you know I also think just the concept of you know they, and they kind of pushed the term spatial computing, which which I totally understand. Visual computing, which is another version of that, to me, and I think to the believers in this space and the folks that are putting the capital in and investing in it, you know, it really is that is the next platform, right. and you know the generations that it will take of hardware of software, of operating systems, of educating the audience. To say We say,
1: crack the many codes that have to be cracked. It's a lot and of cra- We're all sort of safe crackers for a living. Yeah. We've cracked a few safes, but yeah. there are a lot more safes, certainly with what Apple has put into the marketplace and their kind of DNA core, which is different than Meta, different than yep. Sony. You're going to have a lot of different things that help kind of round out this ecosystem.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's exciting. So I think, you know, for me, we're going the right direction. I think everyone always has to, you know, take a step back, look at the perspective, look at the bigger picture here, um, understand that different companies have different trajectories. You know, Sony, PlayStation's trajectory on iterating on hardware is a lot different than sure, Meta's, sure. different cultures. Apple's going to come in at a different angle. But what I like about it is I think we're starting to fill in the different facets, right. uh, both in the messaging, both in the approach from a pricing standpoint. Um, but I, I do believe that there's a fundamental... Uh, understanding that visual computing, spatial computing, headset-based computing, whatever you want to call it, uh, is
1: a viable and and formidable future platform. Um, The forward press on this is not going to stop. Yeah. So, let me, before we wrap up, and I know Charlie and Rony will be talking about this before we do our interview here, separately. And then what we probably will do is have you back on. We'll give a couple months for the dust to settle. I know you're burning the midnight oil, getting everything ready for launch to see how things are going Great. with the adoption and with gameplay and, you know, user response. It would be fun to have you on maybe early in the year. Love right, it. Early in 2024. Perfect. Kind of post-CES. Maybe. Sure. We'll get through our CES bubble. Yeah. Um, the one last thing I want to talk about and then I'll hand it back to the guys back in the studio since I'm not there today um, is the other, what I would consider triple-A game on the PSVR 2 is the Horizon.
0: Game, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. which hmm uh, yeah, Horizon Call of the Mountain. Which I think is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, And its design quotient and its feel of what you do and some of the mechanics of climbing and moving and accomplishing those goals are ridiculously well um, put together and and thought out. So maybe put a comment on that because that's been out for a little while. Yeah, it was a launch title. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that title and how that's going Something that's already been out in the wild on on the PSVR, too. Sure. Well, I would say there's actually a lot of amazing games on PSVR, too. Yeah, Um, good. This is where I wanted to go.
0: Yeah, and and Call of the Mountain, which, you know, Gorilla Studios in Amsterdam, working with Fire Sprite on that, to take it from the world of Horizon and to translate it into a VR game of that kind of high-fidelity. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like a translation. It feels very VR-native to me. You're right, and, and they, but they, they, really took the world mm-hmm. of Horizon and the Aloy the and the Water. Secrets
1: the beginning is amazing. It's really cool,
0: and, and, and it's, it's an. I think, I think it is. To me, it is just a, just a dip, a toe dip in the water of what can be accomplished when you focus on high-quality gameplay, world building, really leveraging what's best in VR: climbing, yeah. shooting, grappling, you know, uh, all combat, all the mechanics. Yeah. The NPCs in that game are amazing. When you lean into the characters, you know, in the, in the in the little town gathering areas, and they kind of look look at you askew, like, "Why are you getting so close to me?" The artwork is amazing. So I think it's a great example, and I, and I, I think what it portends to is when you get AAA titles and AAA teams working together with folks who really know VR, because mm-hmm. that's the other thing. VR developers, I think, are a are a unique breed and have those who have spent the time in the space and kind of gone through the tough days and push products right. and, you know, know the it's like. The dark days of the yeah, art. Yeah. You know, I think those 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 folks are really getting rewarded now with opportunities. That's certainly our goal is to work with developers who really know the space.
1: And ideally, the IP just gets more and more juicy and for more them robust. to work with, more robust. So as we wrap up, any other, you said, there's a lot of really good games on PSVR system. What would you, what you call it? It's one of the... What do you want our listeners to go check out? Well, GT—I mean,
0: Gran Turismo—I think it just demonstrates to anybody who is a naysayer about driving in VR, right? It can you be can done, do it and it doesn't get you sick. It doesn't get you sick, and I think that's a big learning for people to sort of overcome. Um, shout out to Synapse, which mm-hmm. is another End Dreams game, which you know, single-player roguelike game where you're—you know—you're—you're you're doing all kinds of amazing telekinesis, shooter, stealth stuff. Um, that's great. Uh, there's a lot of great games. I think that are e- even coming. Um, I can't talk Good, about. Well, it. that's what well, we'll have you on again. Have you yeah, on again. Yeah. On that. And I will give a shout out to my my kids' favorite game. Uh, and if Lemming is is listening, Gorilla Tag, oh, okay. which Gorilla is Tag, sure. a, appointment gaming at my yes, house. Yes, yes. Um, Gorilla Tag has become a
1: sensation. Right? It's it's amazing.
0: And it's, I just I look at it's that almost
1: as, beat saber beat saber level kind of. I, Insanity of people that really dig it, and they keep. And it was an indie sort of build-out. It was an app you know, self-designed kind of thing, no budget kind of thing. Amazing. Talk about cracking the code. But right? what I think it does, you know, to me, I look at my kids who who literally come home, they do their homework,
0: they do their homework, oh, they want to go play guerrilla tag. They play guerrilla tag with their buddies. They get into to uh, to lobbies. They play with the buddies. They set up a private room, and they play as if they were playing outside, playing tag. <laughs> These are LA kids. They don't run around in the street. They they you know. Unfortunately, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're playing Tag. This is or, their, their version of Tag. This is Tag. It's yeah. so, it's just, it's a primal, Simple amazing works, experience. You know? So, Lemming, if you're listening, my kids want to know when the, uh, the oh gosh, bug. When, some, the, next when the next upgrade's coming. When the
1: next upgrade's coming. Anyway, I, yeah, anyway. Good. All right, Jake, thank you. Thank you, Ted. Appreciate it, and I appreciate your camaraderie. Of course. And always seeing you at different events and things that we do together. We always seem to have this kind of like internal kind of clock where we're looking at it yeah we're on the right track that's exactly here absolutely man uh, sort of we're, we're definitely part of the OG crew so uh, to wrap up this week's this week in XR and I will be back next week uh, with the gang and uh, my special thanks to Jake for doing our very first sort of impromptu off-site off uh, camera right? yeah, we did it in a different way so hopefully this works out thanks so much for having me